Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers pick up a giant win against the Indiana Pacers. They led by 17 in the fourth quarter and took care of business from what? Hold on, what? All right, hold on. Have to update my notes on this one. So give me a quick second. And uh, all right, here we go. So the Lakers lose to the Indiana Pacers 116-115 uh, at home. Um, this is an absolutely devastating loss, not just because of the way that the Lakers lost and not just because of the momentum that they had been building, but also because of the stretch out ahead of them. Um, and and given the fact that they need to show to the front office that they are decent enough to, uh, you know, gamble on with those 27 and 29 picks. And look, they are now 7 and 12, uh, could very easily be 7 and 13 after uh, a, a game against Portland. And then from there, the schedule is just brutal. They go uh, east, right? So they go to Milwaukee. They go uh, at Washington, okay. Uh, at Cleveland, okay. At Toronto, I don't like that matchup because of Toronto's size. And then at Philadelphia, um, now with Embiid back and healthy before finishing with Detroit on the road and then coming back home to face Boston uh, before this December 15th new trade deadline that uh, the Lakers are reportedly looking at. This is just, a, again, I, I know that it's one game and I know it's one of 82 and all of that stuff, but that was a devastating loss. That's as devastating a loss as you could possibly have um, at this stage of a season. And, and doing so in that way, when you had that kind of a lead with the amount of experience on this roster, there's just no excuse for, for losing this one. So I think if you want more micro analysis of the game, uh, Raj and I got into that on the Post Game Space show that is on this feed as you were listening to this. Uh, a couple quick notes there. So I, I, I think overall... The onus on this one falls on LeBron. Uh, if I had to divvy out the most blame for for this one, uh, I, I think in that in that kind of a game where the Lakers have that kind of a lead, he has to take some leadership there and uh, demand the basketball and demand that Anthony Davis touch the basketball. And, and demand that the game slow down in a way that allows the, the, the Lakers to just kind of grind it out if absolutely need me need be. Uh, he did not do that. And, and you know, Darvin Ham took, a, a, you know, is taking some accountability for it, which is good to hear. But when you have that much experience as you have with LeBron and AD and Russ, uh, there's there's no excuse for losing this game when, when, when that's your, your leadership on the court. Uh, someone at some point in there needed to be the adult in the fourth quarter and nobody really stepped up. And, and that's really kind of what defined the Lakers in, in losing this one. Now on a more macro level, uh, I, I know that the backdrop to this entire season to this point has been the Lakers and, and specifically LeBron and AD trying to prove to the front office that they are worth gambling on. Uh, moving forward 
And I know that this front office is, is pretty clearly doing whatever they can to find whatever excuse they can find not to use those that, that 27 and 29 pick. Uh, but what I saw for the vast majority of this game was the Lakers being the better team. And what I have seen to this point this season has been the Lakers having a few guys who I think are worth gambling on. Uh, most specifically, Anthony Davis and and even this kind of diminished version of LeBron. Uh, now, if if the Lakers think that at this stage of his career, he just doesn't have it anymore, then that's a conversation that they need to have in a very honest way with LeBron. And maybe he chooses to prove them wrong somewhere else. But uh, if the Lakers keep on doing this whole dance of, well, we wanted to see 20 games in, now we want to see at, at, at December 15th, and then we want to see after the holiday, and then we want to see after the trade deadline, and oh, look at that, we don't have any more opportunities to, to, to trade Russell Westbrook. I guess we're just going to have cap space, and ooh, would, wouldn't you know it, we are uh, avoiding the repeater tax. Oh man, that's that's a fun coincidence. Um, if if that is indeed how this is going to go, then the last two seasons, and, and this season in particular, last season when you have LeBron and AD miss as much time as they have, uh, whatever, that season's just going to be lost. But this year, AD has is, only missed the two games, and he has looked spectacular in the ones that he's played in. And LeBron, yeah, he's missed a handful of games to this point this year, uh, but he and AD have already combined to play for uh, uh, 284 minutes together uh, to this point in the season. And, and you know, they are carrying a negative 3.8 net rating in that, in that span. Uh, that's indicative of quite a bunch of failure around them, whether it's roster or whether it's uh, some of LeBron's own diminishing game, whatever it might be. The whole point of, of having LeBron and AD on your roster is to optimize those guys, and, and the Lakers have failed that spectacularly since winning that championship and have only themselves to blame for it. Speaking of, I wrote the following for Silver Screen and Roll earlier yesterday, I guess. If you've been paying attention to the basketball this season, the Lakers have actually produced some bright spots. Anthony Davis should be in the MVP conversation. LeBron James is doing unheard of things at his age. Lonnie Walker IV appears to be a legitimate rotation player. Austin Reeves has taken a real step forward. Russell Westbrook might have saved his career in no small part because Darvin Ham, a rookie head coach, convinced him to accept and thrive in a new role. Yes, the wins haven't come as the Lakers might have hoped, but there is plenty to like if your focus is basketball. Problem is, because of the way Rob Polinka has approached this season, it's become impossible to actually focus on the basketball. With the latest self-imposed arbitrary deadline that will pass without a Westbrook trade and the next self-imposed arbitrary deadline now in place, Polinka is stealing any joy the season could have produced while we all sit here and wait for the trade that should have taken place legitimate months ago. So far this season, James and Davis have upheld their end of the bargain. James may have missed time this year, but he did sign his extension and alleviate pressure on Palenka when he didn't have to. Davis has played in all but two games so far this year, with all of his minutes coming at center. If the deal between them and Palenka was, hey, 
hold down the fort until I can figure this out, then we've reached the time when Palinka has to start figuring shit out. If he's unable or unwilling to do that, then maybe it's time to find someone who is. Unfortunately for the Lakers, Jeannie Buss decided after last season that Palinka's decisions warranted an extension. In a surprise to no one, as he escaped any accountability for his role in the most frustrating season in Lakers history, he is once again making those same mistakes and might be risking yet another similarly brutal campaign. Buss, to her credit, claimed that the reason she had to fire her brother Jim when she did was that he was overseeing too much losing and that it was hurting the Lakers brand. Sure, sounds fine to me. If that was her standard for change, though, Palinka's apparent apathy towards losses piling up should be met with similarly serious consequences. At least all the losing Jim did led to productive draft picks in the lottery. More maddening than anything here is how clearly self-serving all this has become. Palinka can't make the same buddy-heeled Miles Turner trade now after months of waiting because then these first 20 games have all been a waste. If he finally gives up both the 2027 and 29 picks now, it will look like he, the former super agent, once again lost a negotiation, a practice that's come to define his tenure as an executive. We can pretend all this waiting is because certain players might be available mid-December or the market might improve as we head into January, but it feels just as likely Polinka's own ego is getting in the way of what's best for the team. If that's the case, then we can add that to the stunningly long list of reasons he isn't fit for this job. Swallowing one's ego for the betterment of everyone around them is a tough decision. Firing a close friend after they show they're in over their head is daunting, but so is what they're asking of Ham, James, Davis, and even Westbrook, and they've done their part. At some point, either Buss or Palinka will have to hold true to their promises. Until they do, we'll all be stuck focusing more on the trade machine than we are on the basketball. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Again, make sure you check out the conversation Raj and I had following last night's debacle. And then if you want to be in a better mood, make sure you check out the conversation I had with Lee Ellis, formerly of No Dunks, Inc., about the new project that he left No Dunks, Inc. to do. It's a fascinating conversation. It's an incredible project that he's working on. Um, so I want you guys to, to listen to that conversation as well so until the next time i talk to you guys which should be in a few hours or so with harrison i'm anthony irwin saying have a good one